Welcome everybody to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What is going on? Oh, we're not much, man. Ooh, excuse me, I'm over here yawning just because it's been <laughs> such a such a crazy five, six days, man. It's been absolutely uh nuts. How was your how was your weekend? Uh it was good. It was good. I mean, no, nothing to really complain about. Well, that's good. Uh, me, on the other hand, I got a ton to complain about. My weekend absolutely yeah. sucked. It was, uh, and it, yeah, and it's still shitty. It's still going on. It it wasn't enough to just kick me in the groin on Sunday. It's got to apparently just curb stomp me into oblivion because that's what it's been like over the last four days. So, yeah, it it was uh, it was rough. Uh, we'll get more into that in just a sec, but we got the Daytona 500 to cover. Uh, obviously, you know, Ricky Stenhouse getting the win there, so we're going to talk about the race and what we saw and, more importantly, what we didn't see. We got hit or miss and then a couple other noteworthy things to cover. But, yeah, Sunday. So what happened was this. And you, for those of you guys who, if you're new to the show and if you are new, welcome. But I... Essentially, now I have two businesses. I have an online business, which is centered around sim racing. I am like a professional content creator slash sim racer. And then I have another business that is auto glass. I do auto glass with my brother. We're partners in this business, and we've been doing that since the start of this year. Now, since the start of this year, I've been doing, no exaggeration, not hyperbole, on average, 16 to 18 hour work days six or seven days a week. Okay. Sundays, I will usually work a half day. And when I say a half day, I mean eight hours. So that's been my schedule since the start of the year. It's been exhausting, but it's a good problem to have. Now, this last Sunday, I had just a little bit of work that I needed to get done before I could spend the first half of the day with the family. And then I was going to hang out and watch the Daytona 500, right? Like that was what I was going to do. And being out here on the West coast, the Daytona 500 wasn't even starting until like two 30 in the afternoon or something like that. I mean, obviously East coast it's, well, no, it was two 30 on the East coast. I think it was 11 something here. I think is what it was. So I was going to go to church with the family. We're going to go have breakfast, stuff like that, watch the race. So I, I get up Sunday morning at 3.30, right? I had worked Saturday night until about 10.30 at night, get up at 3.30 in the morning Sunday, and I'm going to knock out the last little bit of work. You know, I had like four, four and a half hours worth of work, get it done, then I got the rest of my day. And over the last couple of weeks, I'd been having issues on my sim rig there has been there was like two or three times where i'm in the middle of a race and all of a sudden my pedals don't work right like there was something wrong with the usb port on it like if i unplugged it and plugged it back in it would it would reset and it would start working but like right in the middle of it you know there was one race where i was literally starting like fourth and i'm on my microphone saying go around me go around me my pedals quit working right i was just sitting there stuck so i had been resetting i you know i updated a bunch of stuff and everything was working fine i thought the problem was fixed and sunday morning i wake up and turn on my computer and i get this thing from microsoft hey your computer is ready for windows 11 click here to update well i didn't really want to do an update not because i don't 
want Windows 11, but because I didn't want to wait for an update. I just wanted to get my work done so I could get on with my day. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. And then, of course, you know, Microsoft, they've got like, because apparently they think you're some kind of moron if you click no to something that they're asking. Are you sure you don't want to do this? Yes, I'm sure. This is going to improve this. Leave me alone, right? Just no, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. Go through all that. So finally, it finishes off the update that it does. It restarts my computer. Come back and all of a sudden nothing works. Like it goes to my sign in screen. My keyboard doesn't work for me to sign in. My mouse doesn't work for me to sign in, right? So I'm trying all these different things to fix it. I'm unplugging stuff, plugging it back in. I'm restarting it, right? I'm doing a hard restart where it takes me to safe mode so I can try. Nothing works. Nothing. I spend almost four hours trying to fix this thing. And finally, the only option that I have left is to do a clean install of Windows, meaning I have to literally wipe my main drive, my operating system, and reinstall it clean. Now, I have off-site backup okay so this is something that you know for those of you if you work from home if you work on a computer right if that's your job or your career this is something that i recommend to every person that i've ever talked to about this stuff you need to have some kind of off-site backup even if you have a backup on your system right like an like another hard drive that you use literally just to back stuff up even if you have that you got to have an off-site backup because if something happens to your system, it can corrupt everything. Now, I was lucky it didn't corrupt everything here, but I lost a ton. All of the stuff that's on your main operating, that's all your apps, all the things that you use, and all of the data that goes with them. So all of my settings, everything that I've gotten on there that has made my, you know, that I did to optimize the system and make it work correct, and all that stuff, gone. And now it's, eight something in the morning, nine something in the morning. And I'm talking to my wife and kids saying, I'm going to have to work the entire day because I just, my system crashed and I just lost everything. And I worked until 3.30 Monday morning. I was up for 24 hours working on this thing and it's still not right. It's still not right. Monday night, I tried to do a live stream. The live stream was so bad it was so jittery. My, I was when I was in the sim, Keith. The game was so jittery and stuttering. I had almost because I went back and looked at it because I was recording it. I had almost a thirty frame lag. Now to put that into perspective for those of you who are not like gamers or anything like that, a thirty frame lag on average means you're talking about a half a second. Okay, so that means that if I if I'm turning my steering wheel, it's taking a half a second for the visual, what I'm seeing and what I'm doing to coincide. Usually we're talking low single digit milliseconds in terms of lag. If you're at 30, almost 30 frames, because I was looking, I was counting it in um, Adobe Premiere, my video editor, that's how I was counting it. And it was showing about 30 frames. Well, I'm I'm recording at 60 frames a second. That's a half a second of lag. That's huge that's absolutely huge you cannot have that in a in something like sim racing where you are racing around other people and you've got people from all over the world on it right and you're talking about connections and latency like you can't have that and so i spent two days 
what was yesterday? Yesterday was Wednesday. I spent three days, Monday, Tuesday, and then all, most of the day yesterday when I got back from the glass business, trying to fix this thing and optimize it. It still wasn't working good last night. It still was messing up. It was still lagging. I was up until 10 something last night messing with it. And I, I'm about ready to lose my mind. So that was that was my weekend and that was how i got to consume the daytona 500 was basically pulling my hair out working on my computer in my office so yeah not a fun start to the season for me <laughs> for me keith hopefully your hopefully your uh, daytona viewing experience was better than mine all right so now that we got my uh my you know story from hell out of the way let's talk about definitely, daytona definitely yeah, yeah let's talk it's about daytona yeah because um i got to i got to tell you Keith it didn't feel like daytona to me now last year we did the clash and it was new and you know we ran daytona and stuff like that but for whatever reason and i don't know what it i don't know what it was I don't know if, you know, last year was because we had the new car and there was so much talk about it. And, and, you know, I mean, we even talked about, you know, I don't know if it was that. I don't know what it was, but this year it just did not feel like Daytona. And to me, I think the biggest reason for that is there's no more Speed Weeks. Speed Weeks is dead. It is. It's gone. It doesn't exist. What speed weeks? Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the biggest problems with what they're, what NASCAR is doing now. Now, that being said, let me say this. It was really cool to watch the race and see it packed, right? See a full grandstand, right? I mean, the, there was a ton of people there. The pits were full. It looked like Daytona from... 10 years ago, right? You know, when, when the, when it was an event and everybody went to it, it looked like the sold out Daytona that I used to remember. Now the, the product on the track did not, and we'll get to more of that in a moment, but the, the race itself in terms of the people there and the, you know, the infield and all that stuff, that was cool. And it was good to see, but the buildup to it, there's, there is no buildup to it. Let me just say that there's no more buildup to it. It's, it, you know, we've got the clash and then they come out here. There's hardly any practice, right? There, it, it, it practice, I mean, practice doesn't even really exist in NASCAR anymore, which is a big mistake because you wonder why we have a race where the drafting and stuff like that, where, you know, it's not as good. Well, you know, if they don't practice drafting, how do you expect them to go out and do it in a race? You know what I mean? How, how can you expect someone like you know a Harrison Burton okay to be comfortable in the car in the draft when he hasn't even practiced in it right his only practice is trial by fire in the race and it's like okay get out there and go for it you know what I mean even if you have someone like Noah Gregson right he hasn't been driving this car in a pack you know what I mean Xfinity car man he's good to go that's that's kind of like the old car that's like the Gen 6. You guys are going to be much more comfortable with that. This car is completely different. It's completely different. So when you don't have practice, you don't have a chance to get out there and actually turn some laps in the draft. Not only that, you don't have a chance to see who you work well with because I don't care what they do to these cars. 
unless they literally make it like you know the srx where they're 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 all built identical and you don't even know what car you're driving you just show up and you get to make some air pressure unless nascar does something like that these cars are always going to have slight differences and when you go to a track like daytona or talladega your car is going to work better with some than it is with others. And if you don't have a chance to go out and experience that and see, hey, man, I want to actually be with that person during the race, you're doing everything by you're just trial by fire. And you end up with what I thought was a fairly boring Daytona 500 for most of the race. I mean, what, what was your thoughts on it, Keith? No, I completely agree. I, I agree with everything you just said. Like you get you get the rookies and the young guys. You take them to Daytona and it's like, oh, we're going to hold you back till Sunday. So when you're in the duel, don't race. Just ride around. Yeah. Wait till Sunday. Well, not only does that hurt the young guy, but that also hurts the veterans because mm-hmm. they're not going to trust the young guy. They're no. not going to trust the Harrison Burtons to make the right push, to make the right move, to to be trustworthy in the draft. Nope. It, it's kind of embarrassing in the same sense because you get these guys just riding around in, in the dual races. Yep. Like Travis Pastrana, for instance. Yeah, I get it. Backup cars now are hard to come by. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, dude, just go there and send it. Yes. Go feel what the car can do. Go show the other competitors that either a you can hell of a pusher or b they can push the shit out of you yep and and you didn't get any of that no you don't have any of that now and then you get the uh the money team racing i think if they had practice beforehand might have had a better 500 i Uh, think chandler smith if they would have had practice probably would have made the 500 It's just, it's so dumb. I hate the way they do Daytona now. I always enjoyed, I know most people didn't enjoy watching the preseason testing, but I always enjoyed watching the primer cars just out running around, figuring things out. And you had this big buildup like, ooh, the Toyotas are super fast. They were super fast down here for a week. Mm -hmm. Let's see what they can do on Sundays. Now it's just like, well, you know, the Fords are going to go with the Fords. Chevys are going to go with the Chevys and the Toyotas and we're going to go with the Toyotas. And I thought overall the race was pretty boring. Yeah. The only exciting points in the races were the green flag pit stops because it shook the field up. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. That was it. And and I think the biggest disappointment in, for me, there was no third lane. There was hardly any passing. You can't form a third lane. And I don't know no. if that, I don't know if that is due to this car, if it's the aero package that they're running on the car, if it's a combination of the two. What I do know is with this car, you know, one of the things that, and I'm going to get kind of geeky and technical really quick, but when you have a car that has a, basically when we talk about ground effects, right? And obviously these cars have got the panned bottom, right? They've got the front air dam. You've got the rear diffuser, right? You've got the rocker boxes on the side, but these cars don't run to the ground sealed like they used to, okay? You don't have the side skirts where basically the car is only, you know, a quarter of an inch off the ground all the way around. You've got that front splitter, you know, down on the ground. They don't run like that no more. The reason they don't run like that no more, even when they're in the draft and you're getting mostly over body downforce is because the air underneath is so important. These cars, they need that 
that that downforce, right? They even when they're in the draft, they got to have some kind of error getting underneath them because that's what's going to create that suck down effect. Well, when you have cars next to you, right? And I mean like right next to you, that air that's coming in on the sides of those cars matters because that air is coming underneath the sides and it's going out the back. That is helping create downforce. When you when you put a car another car next to you, now you take that air off the side, that's a big deal. And these cars don't have, you know, it, they've had them for a, a year now. But still, the steering is super twitchy, right? It's not, it's, it is nothing like the other cars. Okay. You know, these newer, younger drivers, right? Obviously they can adapt more because they hadn't used that old steering box forever. But when you look at, you know, the Hamlins and the, the Truexes and Harvicks and, and those types of guys, like it's very hard to relearn muscle memory. When you got out of shape in one, in the gen six car, right? you knew that you could do X, Y, and Z, and you had a chance of saving it. You might not always save it, but you knew that you could, right? You knew how the tire was going to respond, right? That old tire was basically like 50 pounds of chewed bubble gum compared to this one. This thing is like, you know, it's, it's like a board. <laughs> You're just sliding across the track when you get out of control, where the other one, it had a little bit of flex to it. You could kind of bring it back. You know, Kyle Larson saving the car, you know, I, that is... It just shows you the level of talent, right? Because most people are not going to do that in this car. It's so twitchy. It's so hard to do. And I don't know if if it's all a combination of those things. And that's why we don't see a third line. I, like I said, I don't know if it's the package. But to just be two by two, you're essentially screwed, right? You really are. You could have taken, you could have resurrected Dale Earnhardt right? And put him in the middle of the pack. And guess what? He ain't going nowhere in this draft because there's nowhere to go. And it just, it's, yeah, I'm with you, man. It was just, um, it wasn't very fun. When, when your lead changes are happening because of green flag pit stops, that's a problem. That's a big problem. That's a big problem, man. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's racing. It's auto racing. Pit stops are supposed to be a you know a factor in it not the driving force in terms of who wins right every once in a while when we see a we see a win because of fuel mileage or something like that like it's cool because it happens every once in a while right we don't want to see that stuff like that every week oh my god well how'd you win well we were better on pit stops we got good fuel mileage well dude that kind of sucks you know what i mean like who wants to see that that's not racing so I'm thankful that they only have a handful of these races a year right now because the racing is not very good. What used to be the most exciting form of racing, at least in the eyes of most fans, the restrictor plate, um, to me, I think is now the most boring. And it's sad to say. Yeah, it, it it's beyond boring. Like back in the day, you could ride around in 20th and then in two laps, you could be leading it. Yeah, you could get to the front. And that doesn't now, exist anymore. Now it don't happen. No, you you get back in twentieth, and you're you're fucked. You're royally fucked. Yep. And, and even you if you guys... can run, it just dies. It just stalls yeah. out. And, and and when you see guys like the Denny Hamlins and the Kevin Harvicks, and they're stuck in twentieth and they can't go nowhere, mm -hmm. that's a that's a major problem. Yes. Yep. It is. 
And look, and I understand it's 500 miles. I'm not saying that those guys need to be out there dicing it up lap, you know, on lap 20. I get that. But there was hardly any movement at all. It was if literally any. just riding around. Yeah. It, it was sitting and biting your fingernails till green mm-hmm. flag pit stops came around, yep. knowing, all right, this is going to shake the field up. Yep. Now, now we're going to see a little bit of action, then it's going to calm down. It'll go too wide. Single file, nobody's gonna move. Yep, and it was hilarious. You know, I would, I would I honestly <laughs> like yeah, go to ahead. See these cars at a super speedway without the diffuser on them. I see. I wouldn't mind seeing that too. I, I think I'm, that I'm there's curious for myself to see what would happen. Yeah, I think that. I actually think that that is going to be a, I think that NASCAR needs to start looking at that more in terms of their, um, their packages. See, I think that they need to start looking at the car and saying, Hey, you know what, when we go to the super speed and I'm just using this as as an example, but when we go to these restrictor plate races, we're going to lose the rear ARB and we're going to lose the rear diffuser. Right. And you know, make it more of a mechanical type of thing. Will that work? I don't know, but try but it because right bring, now it ain't working. You bring preseason testing back and you could try it and then you'd know, all right, it's either going to A, work or B, not work. Ex- if it don't work, exactly, we'll put them exactly. So I, I'm with you, man. I, I would like to see them do more stuff like that. You know, like they were talking about the potential new short track package, right? They have not confirmed it, at least that I saw, but they're talking about, you know, making the spoiler even smaller. I'm all for that. Go for it. Right. Try something different. I will never. I will never hold it against NASCAR if they try something different right now, if they try something different and it sucks and they don't change it, that's when I'll hold it against them. Right. I think that's one of the biggest issues that we see with NASCAR a lot of times is it takes so long for anything to get done. Now, I understand why it takes so long, but that does not mean that I like it. All right. You know, the the fact that they've made these cars, and this was one of the things that I enjoyed about the NASCAR of the early 90s, right? When I was a kid growing up, was the changes could be made and it could be implemented relatively quickly because the teams are who did the implementation. Now you've got these cars that are essentially, you know, like spaceships. You know what I mean? Like you, you've got these teams of engineers, you know, that are running everything through data simulation and, and race sims and you know, all this different stuff. And, they're doing all these complex calculations and all this stuff like this. So now if you change something, it screws everything up, right? And they have to relook at everything. And I just, I wish that they would figure out a way to simplify the process to where the teams could do more of the implementation. They could actually try some of this stuff and do it in a much quicker manner. I mean, we had a whole off season, right? And I know they did some testing and stuff like that, but what, what are we getting? What are we going to get out of it? Are we going to see yeah. improvements? Do we even know? Like, you know what I mean? So it's just, I don't like to put all this, all my, you know, obviously I don't want to put everything on one race, you know, overall it's Daytona. 
right? Daytona will always be a big deal because it's the 500. You know, NASCAR is the one sport that starts off with their biggest event, which makes it special. Um, I do think they need to do something with speed weeks, bring back speed weeks, because right now it's like speed two days, you know, um, you know, have some buildup for it. But, you know, the rest of the season is coming and these next couple races, I'm, I'm more excited about Fontana and Vegas because that was some of the best racing we've seen last year was the, oh. the mile and a half to two mile tracks with, without the restrictor plates. It, they were awesome. Absolutely. It, yeah. And, and I think this is where I'm going to be pretty upset because what is it? Auto club's last race ever. Yeah. I think they've made a big mistake. I think yeah. they royally buffard. Yeah. That idea because yeah. I, Anybody can say what they want, but I think Auto Club is one of the best tracks on the NASCAR schedule, whether it's Xfinity truck or Cup Series. Well, especially it is now with this with this current car, and and it's better with the new car. Yep, yeah, it's way better with the new car. Um, you know the the fact that, yeah, the fact that it's the fact that we're gonna go to a course, but we're gonna get rid of Auto Club makes no fucking sense to me. Why, why do we need all these short tracks when we can't even figure out the short track package? Yeah, you know, I just... Martinsville and Richmond suck. Yeah. Uh, and let's those, turn Auto Club into a short track. That well, makes and, yeah. zero sense to me. Yeah. And that's, that brings me back to what we were just talking about as to, you know, it takes so long for stuff to get done in 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 this sport, right? For things to to get done and to change by the time they change them. It's like, man, we probably shouldn't have done that. Like you need a crystal ball to be able to see five years out into the future. Right. They were talking about changing auto club into a short track years ago, years ago. Now we've got a car that does phenomenal on this type of track. It's the type of track you want to see bumpy, worn out, multi groove fast, right? Fast, but you still got to get off the throttle tire wear. And now they're going to turn it into a short track. I, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. It's like, if you were going to do that, you should have done it five years ago. Now we finally got a good car for it and we're going to be screwing it up. It, it bums me the hell out. Yep. Honestly, it does not, me too. I'm not prepared to see it go away just because it's, it's always put on good races. Yep. So whether it be fuel mileage back in the day or Kevin Harvick's last lap pass in mm-hmm. 2011. I mean, there's just been really good races there. Yep. Now the only track that we're going to have like that is Michigan. That's you know, yeah. I mean, that's the only two mile track we're gonna have is Michigan. How long before they turn that into a short track? Uh God, I hope not. You know, uh, if they do, I, I give up. <laughs> yeah, because look, I love short track racing, but you can't you you can't make everything a short track. Even if this car is great on short tracks, you can't make them all short tracks. You gotta have no. some some difference. And, and, and especially after last year, knowing that this car struggled at short tracks mm-hmm. and yeah. road courses. And yeah. and I think we all thought that it was going to be a good car on road courses, and it it was not. No, it was the opposite. Uh-uh. yes, it was the opposite. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, it yeah. baffles. It, it does. It's it's frustrating, but hopefully, hopefully they'll have something um something dialed in. I I, I don't know what, but hopefully they will. So. But anyways, so those those are the thoughts on the old uh, Daytona 500. Um, congrats to Ricky Stenhouse; he got the win. Um, you know, be 
Good Before on we him. get away from yeah. from it, well, I'll just I'll wait. I'll wait. Never mind. Okay. Well, we got hit or miss coming up next, and so we'll we're gonna take a quick break, and then we will be back with what is our favorite segment of the show. So stick around. All right. So now it is time for our favorite segment of the show. And I think this is our first one of 2023. We didn't do it last week, huh? Uh, we were just uh, talking about news, I think. I don't think we did it last week. I think, I think last week we did our first one. Oh, did we? Okay. I can't remember, yeah, dude. We had like seven or eight of them. Yeah. I can't remember, dude. I, 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 I mean, we can call this the first official one. Yeah. Since <laughs> there we go. There we go. So, first official one. So, a hit or miss. Basically, I make a statement. Keith says whether it hits or misses the mark. I spend pretty much the week coming up with these. Um, you know, sometimes there's three or four of them. Sometimes there's 10 of them. It just depends. And these are just things that I see. And then I kind of just make my own statements on it just to see what happens. So we've only got a couple of them this week, um, but they should be interesting. So, all right. First up for hit or miss, Keith, Ricky Stenhouse winning the Daytona 500 is not a surprise. Hit or miss the mark? Uh Definitely hits the mark. I mean, if if you sit back and you watch Ricky Stenhouse, he's actually a really good plate racer. Yeah, it's been a couple years since he's last won, but his two wins have came at Talladega, Daytona. And he's consistently either inside the top five or inside the top ten. Does he make some smart decisions? Not all the time. Not all the time. There's been some times where he's made some dumb decisions, but... In the roundabout way of it, he he is really good at the play tracks. And this year, he was conservative. He didn't make no stupid moves from what i seen. It's probably one of his better super speedway races. And who knows, maybe he's kind of calming himself down because, one, he's he's now married. That'll, mm-hmm. calm, that'll calm guys down. Yes, Some, he will. Not all. Not all. Yes. Some. But I think in the grander schemes of things, I think he he's also auditioning for a bigger, better ride. Yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, I think all of these drivers, um, you know, these guys who are with these single car teams or these smaller G- teams and stuff like that, I do think when they say, you know, I would love to to win here and stay here, I do think there is a part of that that is true. I don't think that's just, you know, them saying what they think people want to hear. But I also believe that they are constantly looking and thinking, man, if I could be in, if I could be in that Gibbs car over there, what could I possibly do? Right? Like, I think that's always going to be there. You know, my short career of, you know, racing, right. You know, handful of years in outlaw carts, I had a handed down car with a, you know, a a second rate motor. And you know what I mean? And I actually did well with that. And so I was always thinking, what could I do if I actually had good equipment, right? You're always going to think that as a driver. And so for him to go out, he, like you said, he's a, he's been a very good play driver. Speed has never been his problem, nor has it been skill. Usually it's pulling his head out, you know, and not making dumb mistakes. Yeah. That's usually what yeah. he's kind of known for is he, he'll, he'll, it's like, Hey man, we got 188 laps to go here at Talladega, right? It's lap seven. I don't know if four wide was actually necessary right there. You know what I mean? Like the, it was, you know, kind of boneheaded mistakes that would get him caught up in it. 
And this race, he did, he looked like a different driver. Now, look, I don't know if that was because of him or if he just looked like a different driver because you couldn't go anywhere the first 75% of the race. I don't know, but he definitely ran a good race. He's always up front or, you know, at least contending at these, these plate tracks. So for him to win the Daytona 500, yeah, I'm with you. It's not a surprise. Uh, And, and, um, I know the 47 team was talking about closing down after last year. Yes. Uh, There was talks about them closing the door Mm -hmm. and this just helped them. Oh, huge. They, they basically just gained another sponsor with the amount of money that they won from this Daytona 500. Yeah. And and I think also what's kind of helping Ricky and, and nobody quote me on this because I'm I'm just shooting at the hip here. He, he his manager now is managed by Kevin Harvick Incorporated. And I know him and Kevin spend a lot of time away from the racetrack so maybe that's got something to do with it. Maybe. Maybe he maybe he has set him down like hey, you just chill out a little bit, calm down, be there at the end. It pays more to be there at the end than it does five laps into it yes yeah talent has never been talent has talent has never been um no. lacking for him right speed has been there it's been finishing races and, and I mean, you know making the right move at the right time the the unfortunate part with ricky he's got the nickname of recky stenhouse for a reason yes absolutely absolutely but i, I love it for ricky to see him win the Daytona 500, being a former USAC guy, you always want to see the dirt guy go defeat the the bigger guy. Yes, definitely, absolutely. So, so yeah, it was good to see him win, man. I was actually pretty happy to see him win, just because I do like that. Obviously, you know, I would have liked to have seen even though it wasn't my pick and we'll get to our driver picks here in just a bit, but I was actually hoping Ryan Blaney was going to win. That was the guy that he's the one that I want to see win the Daytona 500. Um, just because I think he had a rough year last year. He's always in contention in these plate races. And so I was, I was pulling for him, but you know, obviously he got, got into some trouble. Um, so Stenhouse winning, I was, I was happy to see that. Do you think? Do you think Danica was kicking herself in the ass watching him win? Ah, uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. So, yeah. But congrats to him, man. That was a. It was a good, good, good week for him and a good win. Obviously, the biggest one of his career. So, moving on. Jimmy Johnson running as well as he did in this car was not a surprise. Hit or miss the mark? I'm going to say it hits the mark. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is a lot like Kyle Larson. He can drive just about anything and everything there is. Yes. I mean, he's won Rolex 24 races, I think. Um, He's not won an IndyCar race, but he's ran decent in the IndyCar series. Yes. He was running. It's no shock, no shock at all to see him finish where he finished first time in this new car. Um, I think it is more adaptive to him. Um, yeah, I think I think when you have the, the driving he's a goat. he has, yeah. You can't, you can't count the goat out. No, uh-uh. And, you know, I heard about a simulation run that he had done where he never even got to high gear, didn't even know there was five gears in the transmission. Um <laughs> Like ran around in fourth gear the whole time. 
uh you know and like stuff like that it's obvious you can poke fun at them and stuff like that whatever at the end of the day there's not there's not too many people that i would take over jimmy johnson um you know and the people the people that i would take over him can you know keep in mind are active championship level drivers right like if i had to pick somebody um but in terms of a driver coming back right if they were just like hey we're gonna give you jimmy johnson jeff gordon tony stewart dale jr i is is as much as jimmy johnson as much as i would like to pick a tony stewart or a dale jr if i had to really wager on it i would pick jimmy johnson just because he is that good the guy started out in like arena trucks you know what i mean like he he he, he, his path is not normal. You know what I mean? Like the guy can flat drive. So yeah, him doing well, not a surprise. And I'm hoping that it's a, it's a sign of things to come for, for him and that team. Yeah. And, and unfortunately his good finish was overshadowed by all the bullshit that came out after the race. About yes. Eddie being mad and, yeah. and everybody blowing that way out of proportion, not realizing that GMS bought majority of the team from Richard Petty. Yes. Richard Petty gave up the Petty name to GMS. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. People and that's, like, that's what the, the media does. They just blow shit out of proportion. It's usually stupid. Shocker. Yeah. No surprise. Yeah, big surprise <laughs> there. So. All right, moving on. RCR's bumble at the end of the race cost Kyle Busch his first his ch- opportunity to win the Daytona 500. Hit or miss the mark. And when I, I mean, refer to their bumble, I'm referring to their restart at the end. Yeah, uh, it hits the mark. Like, what the fuck were they thinking? I, I'm with you. Knowing, knowing that whole race, if you got teammate on the bottom and a teammate on the top and you control both lanes nobody's freaking passing unless they move you yeah i i was so baffled when they decided to do the old school let your teammate down restart I'm like what in the hell are they doing yeah and look i understand I, I would understand that if there was 15 laps to go right because 15 laps of daytona is an eternity right because if you try that and it doesn't work, there is some time to make up for. To me, if your goal was to just get out in front, right, and try to just, because, you know, we're talking about green, white, checkered. You know, if your goal is just to get out in front and try to just separate, um, you know, you got a two-car tandem. I would, I don't know why you just wouldn't start in the same row. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, or just like you said, one high, one low, lock it down, right? Because nobody's going anywhere. Who's yeah, passing, right? I mean, the third lane just ain't going to magically appear. No, so I so. I just, yeah, I, I wasn't a, I I wasn't my a big fan of it. Yeah. When I, I seen him do it, I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Yeah. So. It looked like the junior motorsports ordeal that happened Saturday. Like, how are you going to have every car up yeah. front <laughs> and, and all of them wreck but one? Yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, it, they, that was a massive, massive, uh, yeah, that was a rough, rough weekend for junior motorsports, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm on with, the other hand with Kyle, uh, his comment, well, if it was 1998, I would have won. Well, we're not racing in 1998 anymore. So no, we're not. That argument's invalid. Just admit that we fucked up. We made a mistake. 
Yeah, and stuff happens, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's gonna happen. It's it racing. Is. It is. It's racing. So it's a green white checkered. You just gotta control both lanes. Yeah, I that that's what uh, that would have been my because I think the process. whole I think the whole intent was Austin Dillon was gonna push Kyle Busch to his first Daytona 500 win. I think that was the whole plan from the the get. Well, yes. if that's the freaking case, control both lanes. When you're coming to get the white, let Kyle down in front of you. Yeah, then then, yeah, then let him down. Put yeah. the hell out of him. Yep, because if you don't get if you don't have the the right momentum on that start when you drop down, you you know there's a lot that can happen there. You know, yeah. if you if you think back years ago with Tony Stewart, right, where he had that huge jump and he's like. 50 yards in front of the pack. It's like, well, you just sealed your fate, dude. They're going to freight yeah. train you on the backstretch. Right. And he knew it was coming. He talks about it. He's like, I knew it. I, I, I was like, up, oh, I'm an idiot. Right. Cause he just jumped out there too far in front. Likewise, if you drop down in front of your teammate and now that lane's not moving, right. It's not, it doesn't have the momentum yeah. that it needs, you know, and you drop down and you don't drop down perfectly and actually suck them up some. If you drop down and now you've slowed them and killed moment, there's just so many moving parts to it. To me, it seemed like, I don't know, it, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback, right? It is. It, if, if, if it had worked out, we would be praising it. I just hadn't seen that work out <laughs> that's why to me i'm with you you know we saw those two lanes just locked down the whole race why not just do that yeah you know? and, and and we're way past the generation of the 2007s where you're going to watch harvick go from 32nd to winning it by an eyelash yes so i mean control both freaking lanes nobody's yeah. gonna the third lane ain't gonna magically appear out of nowhere you're i i was baffled by it i was like you got to be shitting me they just threw this race away yep i'm with you all right last one although pat although travis pastrana's race weekend was a good one if he had won the daytona 500 it would have been an embarrassment for nascar hit or miss the mark I'm going to say it misses the mark. I don't think it would have been an embarrassment to NASCAR. I mean, we've seen Trevor Bain come in and win a Daytona 500, and we didn't call that an embarrassment. He didn't do anything after that. Yeah, but Trevor Bain is not. Travis Pastrana is not Trevor Bain. Trevor Bain at least came up through the normal racing channels. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Travis Pastrana kind of did. He he ran for Roush Fenway in the Xfinity Series. and He does have I, some experience. And and I don't know his truck background. I don't think it would have been embarrassment. I would have been pumped and ecstatic to see him win it. Yes. What wouldn't have been a shock. I mean, it's Daytona. See, and I was thinking I this just, while I was watching it, and I was seeing him running up there in the top ten. My thought process was, if Travis Pastrana wins this race, is this an embarrassment for NASCAR? Because to, for me, my question would be, and I. It, and it shouldn't just be for NASCAR, but for plate racing. Is it an embarrassment to have somebody who is thought of as he's just an extreme sports star come in and make the race and then win the race? What does that say about this type of racing? We all know as fans of NASCAR that there is a level of luck involved with plate racing. We all oh, know this. Yeah, we all know this, right? 
But had Pastrana come in and won, now I think it switches the now, view of what plate racing is. Now, would it open a bunch of doors if he would have won? Probably. Yes. But we've seen the same thing happen on road courses. We've seen road course ringers come in, mm-hmm. win on the road courses, and disappear. Yep. And oh, we got a road course coming up. Ron Fellows comes in, yep. races, wins. I think the same thing would have happened. I think my thing would have been if Travis Rastrana wins, would have won that race. Does Denny Hamlin field him a car for the rest of the season? Yeah. That I mean, that's been, my biggest That would have been interesting. Yeah. Because he could uh, he could run for points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got him in the top sixteen in points right now. So, the the follow up question would have been, "All right, Denny, are we are we running three cars now? Because now you you have a car that won that could be locked into the championship. Do you do you roll with three? Do you yeah. make that gamble now? Yeah, the dude either has." an insane level of natural ability, which obviously he does the, the, the ability that he has. I mean, you know, he, he's done rally racing and you know, all kinds of stuff like that before. I mean, the guy, the guy can drive, right? I mean, but, we've seen him, we've seen him race a dirt UMP modified for the first time. When? Yeah. First time he, in the he, car. Yeah. He won the feature at the dirt car nationals. This wasn't some random Saturday night show out in Bronson, Missouri, right? This is the freaking dirt car nationals that he's winning. He, at. So, he beat some uh, very yeah, big, teams. some of the biggest UMP drivers in the world. So the dude can drive. Um, yeah, I just, I think if he had won, I think it would have really brought into question this whole plate racing thing. Like, okay, how much of this really is luck, whether it is right, wrong or indifferent, it does not matter. I say it all the time perception is your reality what people perceive to be true is true in their eyes right i always use my cousin's husband as an example he's colorblind to him the sky is green right like that's that's his perception that's his reality so if people start looking at this and going dude travis pastrana won the daytona 500 well anybody it doesn't matter who who's driving doesn't matter how good you are anybody can win this race if that would that have been the perception yeah, and and I and I kind of see it both ways, I guess. Yes, but NASCAR kind of built it up about him being there anyway. Oh, they did, and I don't blame oh. them. I don't blame them. No, that's, no. that's that's a good way to get people who haven't Dude, seen NASCAR to get it. Yes, to watch it. Yeah, and and I I loved that Travis Pastrana had a hell of a race, had mm-hmm. a hell of a finish. Um, it would have been exciting to see if he would have won what would have happened if he did win? Cause then it just opens up all kinds of other avenues. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, you can, you're right. I mean, yeah, granted do you, if, if you run him the full season, now you got to worry about finishing in the top 32 in points, but with a win that kind of helps, but can he race at all the other tracks? Yeah. That's a big question. You know, that I think I actually question. think in the road racing stuff, he would probably be fine. And I'm curious to see if I know he said he probably ain't going to run anymore for the rest of the season, which sucks. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him run in a road road race just to see what would happen. Yeah, see I'd like to see him at a Coda or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I'm sure this car is kind of similar, has a little bit of a similarity to to a rally car. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with the sequential shifting and load. the independent suspension and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh. So. Yeah, it would. Uh, 
would have definitely been been um or it definitely would be interesting to see if he runs anymore. I, mean, I think it'd be we, fun. I think we've seen Daytona 500 winners get catapulted to great careers. Yes. So, I don't know. We can sit and do the what if thing all day. Yeah, we can. But we can. I would have been excited to just see him win it. How yeah. Been neat. yeah. The storyline in yeah. general. Yes, and I'm always I'm always up for a good storyline, so a good one. Yeah. Not a good one. Yeah. Stupid so. ones, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So that's going to do it for hit or miss. But next we've got our NASCAR pick em results and we got to make our picks for next week. So Keith, do you remember your pick last week? I'm Day pretty sure I hit the bed last week with my pick. <laughs> yeah. Yo, you had Ryan Blaney last week. I had Bubba Wallace. Needless to say, you Definitely beat me. So that's going to be 10 points for you and five points for me. So that's the, that's the way it'll be. Whoever finishes ahead of the other driver gets 10 points. Uh, the other one gets five. If your driver wins, you get an extra two bonus points. So you would get 12 total if you win. Okay, so that's the point system. So you are winning so far this week. Who do you have for this week's race at Montana. You can pick uh, anybody but Ryan Blaney. And, and I'm not going to lie. I, I, the first thing I thought of when Ryan Blaney wrecked was, well, there went my damn pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, For Auto Club, man. I'm going to go Ryan Priest. Mm, that's a good pick. I was bouncing between him and someone else. I, I, Ryan Priest showed me a lot at Daytona. I know it's it's Daytona. Everybody's two year old can go run at Daytona, but I think I think Ryan Priest has a rejuvenating career this year, and it starts at Auto Club. Yeah, he definitely looked good. I will say that he definitely looked good. Um, hey, you think Tony Stewart's sitting back looking at Gene Haas like I, I fucking told you? Yeah. <laughs> Probably no one, Tony Stewart. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I'm so torn on who I want to pick for this track, but. You know, looking at it. I, I almost hate to I almost hate to pick them this early in the season. See, and that's the tough part. Yeah, and, you know, it's all it's it's tough damned to kind of. Damned if you're damned if you don't. Yeah, it's a you know, <laughs> like I would love to pick a. You know, I'm gonna. Uh, this is not my pick, but I would love to pick Kyle Larson here. These types of tracks where they're multi groove and you can run up on the wall or you can run the ball. He does phenomenal at him, right? Like he he really does. But I don't want to use that pick yet. You know, um, I just I'm I'm not ready to to, to use it yet. Though you know, I'm going to pick. Uh, where did he go? It's early in the year to make this pick with him, but I'm going to pick it because I do. I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a win at this track and I'm merely picking him just because it's his last race here. And it is the last race on the schedule here with this model. And that is Kevin Harvick. I'm going to pick Harvick. I like it. I think Harvick's going to have a good run at Fontana. So we're going to double down with the Stuart Haas guys. I like it. Yeah. I like I think 
Kevin Harvick's actually been really good at Auto Club. He has been. He has like been. over over his twenty what twenty eight year career. He's always ran pretty well at Auto Club. Not so much the first half of his career, but mm-hmm. I'd say about the two thousand ten ish and on. He's ran really good. Like my my first pick, I was originally going to pick Eric Jones because he ran really well there last year. But I feel like it's kind of early to pick Eric Jones because I feel like he could has other stronger tracks. Yes, that's the thing. Trying to figure out which driver to pick for yeah. which track, you know. Like I, I almost said, ah, screw it. We'll just go ahead and take a BJ McLeod and be done yeah. with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so that's our picks for this week. I've got Kevin Harvick. Keith has Ryan Priest. All right. So, so. did you, uh, speaking on the Kevin Harvick stuff, did you have, do you watch any of the Stuart Haas YouTube videos that they do? I don't. So, they've been doing specials every week with Kevin, and they're going to run different paint schemes this year for sentimental memories for different racetracks so like last weekend for the daytona 500 his paint on his helmet matched his paint from 2007 when he won the 500 oh okay i'm curious to see what they do for auto club or even the california racetracks because that's that's where he's from Mm -hmm. but it's been pretty neat to follow along um it sucks that this is his last year i mean we're, we're losing one of the the true greats, the last one to ever race with Dale Sr. to even be around Dale Sr. So I, I thought it was neat when I seen it on YouTube yeah, this morning. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm sad to see him go because he really is to me, he really is the last tie to that era. You know what I mean? Like he he he's the last you know, he's like, wish I could think of a better analogy than this, but he's like the umbilical cord from the, the, the old NASCAR era to the current NASCAR era. You know what I mean? Like he's like that last connecting piece and it yeah. is going to be sad to see him go. Um, and, and I was always, I've always been a, a fan of his. And I have to, and, and I hope that he becomes a true pioneer to the sport. And I think he will. Yes, I, I do. Um, I do love the fact where, you know, you've got him and Dale Jr. You know, you've got these guys who can't, you know, Burton and, uh, my God, why can't I think of Trackhouse's owner? Uh, Justin Marks. Yeah, Justin Marks. You know, the fact those guys, you know, are doing this whole late model, the cars tour thing. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's cool that they're doing stuff like that, you know, and that's something that, um, as a, as a Dale Jr. fan, but just as a racing fan, it's cool to see Dale Jr. You know, he's going to be running the late model race at Wilkesboro All-Star Week. Like, stuff like that is cool, and I'm hoping Harvick does something like that as well because it's cool to just have those guys around the track. You know, it it's cool to see, right, even though he's older and even though he's not as active as he used to be and stuff like that, but it's cool to see, to know that when you go to the racetrack, you can still see Richard Petty at the track. You know what I mean? Because you don't see that if you go to an NFL game, right? 
no matter what you're not going to see Randy Moss just walking around no right right. yeah you go to the Niners game you're not just going to see Joe Montana standing on the sideline you know what I mean like it doesn't work like that so it's cool to see that NASCAR is one of the the only sports where you still see that and they're not only a part of it right they're a major part of it they can be a major factor in it so i'm hoping he continues to do that because so it's 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 really awesome to see with these other guys who have been doing it so i'm curious to see too before we get off the real big beaten path here or unless if i keep us up on the beaten path and i know we'll see more as the season goes i'm curious to see because if if you look at keelan harvick Kevin's son. If you look at his sponsors on his legend cars, his go-karts, his his other race cars, there's always a track house logo. Yes. I'm I'm wondering after retirement, Kevin doesn't get involved with track house in some sort of way. I would be shocked if I I should, let me let me rephrase this. I wouldn't be shocked if he if he got involved with them. That would be no surprise. Justin Marks is not an idiot. I love what he has done with track house. I really do as much as I love the, oh, I, the I owners love that we Gibbs. have with like, you know, Joe Gibbs or Richard Childress or, you know, Hendrick Roush. Like I love the ones that have been around forever and stuff like that. And that they're part of that old school, you know, ownership. I love what Justin Marks has done with track house and I would like to see more of it. And I think, I think it would be amazing to see Harvick a part of that. And I think it circles back to when Justin Marks was involved with Kyle Larson racing in the Outlaw series. Mm-hmm. Justin Marks did a lot in the dirt world that nobody really knows. No, Mm-mm. they and, don't. And if this does come to fruition, say Keelan Harvick is a developmental driver for Trackhouse, I think I need to sit back and look at Tony Stewart and be like, how'd you fumble this? How'd you allow this to happen when you got Kevin right here? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain, and, and I may be wrong, but I would think that Rodney Childers is going to retire after this year too. Um, I would, I would think so. At least, I know, at least step away. At least take some time yeah. off. And and I know Rodney helps Kevin on their cars, their late model stock car. Mm-hmm. So so I'm curious to see if Kevin ventures off and does some late model racing. I think Rodney. he will. I think he'll do some racing. You know, I don't think I don't he'll think be out there running I, I series. Think he's no. Stop uh, NASCAR. Yeah. I think he'll quit in NASCAR or retire from NASCAR period. I don't think he'll run anything after that. Like yeah. Dale Jr. Yep. I don't think we'll see him run a one-off race, but I think we'll see him run in the car store a lot. Yeah. I think we'll see him racing still in some of the, the smaller stuff, which is great. You know what I mean? Like, I think while, it's, yeah. And at so, least while coming up yeah and that's the thing that i was going to say i think he's going to take more of a supportive role for keelan keelan reminds me of matt martin now matt martin ended up quitting racing like he just stopped all of a sudden but matt when mark martin was racing and his son matt was coming up he matt for those of you who who weren't around or or paying attention to nascar you got to understand matt martin was Ty Gibbs before Ty Gibbs, right? Like he was the prospect. This kid at like 12 was a A stud. Yes, he was smashing adults. It wasn't even, it was even, he was so good. I have an interesting story about Matt Martin. 
So we raced quarter midgets before I got into go-karts and sprint cars and everything else. So we were racing quarter midgets, and I actually raced with Matt Martin and Tyler Labonte at the Buckeye Nationals in Columbus, Ohio. was the coolest thing in the world. But Matt and Tyler Labonte both, they both were studs. Oh, yeah. And they just stopped. Out of nowhere, just stopped. Both of them. Yep. It was it was one of the craziest things I remember. I'll I'll never forget that Matt Martin was just he was just done. He was just done was, all of a sudden. He was gonna be like you said that that Ty Gibbs and Kyle Larson before mm-hmm. Ty Kyle Larson came around. Yep. Yeah. He was on the fast track to the Cup Series, and he wasn't. He wasn't. The, he wasn't just writing the coattails of his dad's name. He had talent. He, he was, was legit. Yes. He yes. was legit. And that's what I see with Keelan Harvick too, is he, you've got this young kid who's coming up and he is, he's not he just, wins. yes, he he's not just everything. riding the Harvick name. He is legit. He wins. So, and, and I think what I find interesting about it, I, I think it's interesting that they sent him to Italy. To, I think that's race. smart. I think it's so awesome mm-hmm. because I mean, where you ain't going to get that in, in the Americas. You're no. not. Mm-mm. And and if you want to be the best, you got to compete with the best, and the best is actually over, over yep. the ocean. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially in the karting and stuff like that. Oh, and the karting over there is competitive as hell, dude. Like, Fernando you know, Alonso, two-time Formula One world champion, is still considered by many to be the most talented driver on the grid right now. Just in terms of raw talent, he is considered by many to be the most talented driver on the grid. Right. Keep in mind. Lewis Hamilton is on the grid, who is considered by many to be the GOAT. Fernando Alonso card, he does karting every weekend. He's still out there racing those damn things. You know what I mean? Like the, Those are the people who run karts over there. It's not like here where it's just seen as a stepping stone. Karting is a stepping stone, but it's huge over there. Huge oh, over there. It yeah. is made. They're professionals over there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We're hobbies over here. Yep, exactly. So... <laughs> So yeah, to send him over there to run, I think is genius because you're not going to get that level of competition in that form of racing, right? In that form of racing over here. You're just not, we don't have it here. Well, that, and look at, look at everything he's being exposed to. Mm-hmm. So young, like if you would have had it, or if I would have had that opportunity, we may not be sitting here doing this podcast. God, I would hope not. <laughs> I mean, if we are, we're doing something, something wrong. wrong. Yeah. I would have <laughs> hoped I could have done something with all that. So <laughs> So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the year shapes out for Harvick and then what happens afterwards. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. We're all good. So before we wrap it up, we do have a email. Um, If you want to email the show, ask us a question. It could be about anything racing or otherwise. Today's question actually has nothing to do with racing. This was actually from a couple weeks ago. Um, forgive me, you know, that we, as we talked about last week, the show took a little bit of a hiatus there and, uh, you know, and then this last week with my computer and stuff. So a little bit of an issue, but got a question from Jake and Jake is asking, let me pull up the email here real quick so I can read it. So it's, Hey, Tommy and Keith love the pod. I got a quick question for you. I want to get into podcasting myself and I want to know if you have any tips for me on making it successful. Okay. So Jake, here's the thing. And first of all, thank you very much for listening and writing in. But second, okay, this is the 
the biggest issue with podcasts right now, and you see a lot of this with pod- the phrase, hey, do you want to come on my podcast is about the most innocuous phrase that you can utter to somebody right now. It really is because it seems like everybody has a podcast, right? Go to Spotify and just pick out a couple of podcasts that you want to listen to and listen to them and then pay attention to the number of commercials and advertisements that you hear for other people's podcasts. And what I mean by that is, is you're going to hear it's, you're going to be like, God dang, dude, who this guy's got a, everybody's got a podcast, right? They'll tell you that there's, you know, however many millions and millions of podcasts are, are out there right now. The thing that you need to understand is that any podcast that has like, I think it only needs to have like one episode or something like that is considered a podcast. A, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an active podcast. Most people who start these podcasts and these, and these can be, and we're talking like famous people, right? Like former pro athletes, movie stars, right? Very famous, you know, influential people. They don't make it past 10 episodes. They don't, they don't, they don't even get past like, you know, they don't even make it through their first year. And the reason being is that people think with the podcast, right? And I don't know if you've done any test episodes or anything like that, if you've ever done anything like this before, but most people think that like you just get the recording equipment, you sit down, you start talking. And then, you know, a few months later, Hey man, where's my, where's my ad revenue? Where's my check? I'm ready to start making a living doing this. And if that's why you're getting into this, don't do it. Don't do it because it, I started doing this podcast because I wanted to talk about real life racing, right? I had the sim racing business. I loved it. It was a lot of fun and it got me back into a lot of other forms of real life racing that I had kind of gotten away from NASCAR being a big one, right? I kind of gotten away from it because it had sucked for, you know, the last decade. And this gave me a reason to, to not, not a reason, but it gave me, um, motivation to, to, stay in it and and talk racing and stuff like that me and keith do this because it's fun yes would we love to make money off this and and have ad revenue and stuff like that i mean i I have a a couple of advertisers that have actually reached out we will be having hopefully some on the show here soon but i can promise you anything that we get from me and keith ain't retiring from our jobs right (laughs) i wish yeah we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be just full-time podcasters making a living right so if that's your motivation for it don't do it that's the number one thing i'll tell you number two you've got it you've got to do a topic that you love if you are going to go out there and you're just like oh well i want to interview people like joe rogan well dude there's already a joe rogan right and who are you going to get on your show that's going to bring in, you know, people. And this is one thing that you'll see a lot of other podcasters do as well. They start a show and then they try to bring on these big famous people, right? Like if I wanted to, I could, I could have, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the podcast. Now I got to pay through the nose to do that, but I could have him on the podcast. So that's great. I can get, I can get him. I can get the Terminator on my podcast and we can talk to him and ask him questions, right? And that might bring some people in. But when we have him on the podcast, what are we going to do that's going to keep those people coming back, right? Because people who are going to come to listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger are probably not going to be here next week to hear me and Keith 
do hit or miss on the race at Fontana. You know what I mean? So that that's that's what you got to think about is what are you going to do that's going to make you different, right? You've got to be yourself and you've got to have something that's different than everybody else in terms of what you are. And it doesn't have to be super cool, right? You look at someone like Ben Stein, the dude's one of the most boring people on the face of the earth, yet people will watch his show or listen to his podcast because he is different, okay? So you've got to do something that you enjoy because if you, you know, when you're six months in and you've only got 25, 30 people listening, right? How are you going to stay motivated to keep doing it? Because you've got to keep going. It's going to take a long time before it becomes popular. You know, we only have a couple hundred people that listen to this show consistently, right? I, you know, like I said, me and Keith do this because it's fun, right? The more people who come in and listen, it's great. That's awesome, right? And each week we get better at doing it. And hopefully in another year, we'll be at a couple thousand. And after that, maybe a couple, you know, you know, a few thousand, right? Like, but that's, that's what you have to be willing to do. So understand getting into it that it's going to be for, if you really want to do it and be try to be successful at it, it's going to be for the long haul. You've got to do something, a topic that you enjoy, something that you are not going to get tired of and burnt out off of. Because if you're just like, yeah, I just don't feel like doing it this week. That's going to, that's going to hurt. It's going to, you're, it's going to hurt, right? You're, it's going to make the podcast suffer. And then also don't be getting into it for the wrong reasons. Because if you're getting into it because you think you're just going to start making a bunch of money, right? Sign some big contract with Spotify or something. You're going to be greatly disappointed. So that's my my tips, Keith. What do you got? I mean, if if, if you're wanting to get into it, I'd say go for it. Yeah, go for it. But just do it for the right reasons. Yeah, don't don't do it for the, the other reasons like Tommy was saying. Uh, dude, do it. Talk about stuff that you enjoy to talk about. Yes. I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yep. You, you really do. You, you start small and then, then build it up to something big, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I mean, and like Tommy said, we both enjoy talking racing, so it just makes sense to, to do what we do. Yes, exactly. I look forward to every Thursday morning. Yep. I mean, <laughs> that, that's just all there is to it. Yeah. Other than this Thursday morning, I'm over here frantically swiping my ups app but that's <laughs> nor here nor there <laughs> but but yeah uh, if if that's something you want to do then great and yeah, go for it hell if you if you need help reach out yep yep so yeah just you know do it for the right reasons like my my son isaac he's he's nine years old he's going to be 10 next month he wants more than anything to do youtube right not because he wants to be rich and famous, not because he, you know, like that's what he wants. Like, yeah, he would love to do it forever, but he wants to do it because he loves talking. He loves playing with his Lego, building stuff and talking about it. And he just wants to be able to record it and put it up, right? I'm, I am rearranging my office. I'm literally redoing my entire office so I can set up a spot for him I can just point a camera at a table and be like, all right, dude, go for it. And I'll edit the video for you later, right? Because he wants to do it so much, right? He's got this, this pure desire, right? This, this untainted, it's not money. It's not my career. It's not, I want to quit my job. It's just, he wants to do it just because he loves to do it. And that's the kind of passion you need to, to have to stick with it, right? And look, you might start doing it and decide like, Hey man, this isn't for me. And that's fine. 
that that's absolutely fine. I think that's one of the biggest things that people don't understand when it comes to any when it comes to anything, whether it be a podcast or you know trying to be an entrepreneur, starting a business, whatever. Is most people their first attempt? They're so they want it to work so bad, and I I'm guilty of this because this I know this for a fact because I did this. I was so determined to not fail that it ended up hurting me in the long run. Had I just started and realized like, all right, this is not working. I need to try something else. It would have saved me a lot of time, but because I did not want to fail that first attempt, I, I kept, I, I was trying to keep something alive that was literally on life support. You know what I mean? And so don't be afraid to change things up and move on and try something different, right? Whether it's a different type of, whatever, but just be flexible, do something you enjoy and keep at it. And you know, you do that and hopefully you'll have some success. So there you go. All right, you guys, if you want to email the show, like I said, ask us a question about racing or anything else, send it to ask three wide at gmail.com. That's ask the number three wide at gmail.com. So thanks again for emailing the show and that's going to do it for today's episode. So Keith, my man, enjoy your weekend. Uh, Hopefully it's a it's a fun one for you. Hopefully you get your oh. delivery soon. I I hope so too. I'm 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 more anxious than a kid on Christmas morning right now. <laughs> get your system all set up. So <laughs> I can't wait. Yep. So that but that's no. gonna do it. Yep. You and, have a good uh, weekend too. I will. It's got to be better than last weekend. So uh, oh for yeah. sure for sure. <laughs> so but that'll do it. We'll be back next Thursday to do it all over again. So please download, like, subscribe, share, do all that stuff. Me and Keith will be back next week to do it again. And until then, as always, take care.